Welcome to Nathan Out Loud. I'm your host, Nathan Trainer. In this episode of Nathan Out Loud, I speak with activist and founder of JSays.com, Jay Morris. You will also hear a song by recording artist Mark Pedraza titled No More, No Less. Founder, activist, and dreamer Jay Morris began JSays.com as a small personal project to stay in touch with family and friends. Over time, the site developed into what you see today with a focus on LGBT issues and current events. Jay is also the voice behind blog talk radio program Closet Talk, a weekly show discussing issues surrounding the LGBT community, coming out of and staying in the closet, which can be found at blogtalkradio.com slash Jay Says. Jay has been in a committed, loving relationship with his team member, Christopher, for nearly 12 years and is looking for many more years together. Now here's my conversation with JSays.com founder, Jay Morris. We are lucky today to have on Nathan Out Loud, a fellow podcaster, blogger, activist, uh, Jay Morris uh, from JSays.com and Closet Talk, which you can find on iTunes, uh, as well as on the website, uh, jaysays.com. Thank you for being on the show, Jay. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Um, so uh, give us a little bit of background on uh, jaysays.com and Closet Talk. How long have you been doing that? Oh, well, Closet Talk started a little after jaysays.com. Closet Talk, I started back in May when I felt there was just a a need for us to start telling our stories. You know, the more people know about the lives we lead, the more they'll understand what we're working toward. Jay says started many moons ago, uh, gosh, I think about 2003 or four, but it was not initially set up to be an LGBT website. It was a personal blog where I focused on a lot of different things, politics, my day-to-day happenings, uh, it was mostly my family would go there to find out where in the world I was because I was traveling the country a lot back then. And back about right before the November 4th election, I started converting it more specifically to a politics blog, an LGBT issues blog. And, of course, when Prop 8 happened, I was one of the people who went, oh, gosh, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. <laughs> where did we mess up? Mm-hmm. But well, we really need to focus more on these issues and education and reach out to obtain more allies. And that's when I converted the site to almost exclusively LGBT and allied issues. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was introduced to your website through our mutual Twitter friend, Jane uh, Wishin, who I hope to have on my show soon. Um, she's an incredible straight ally doing so much work in California right now to um, get the Prop 8 repeal on the ballot uh, in 2010 um, when I started doing my podcast and kind of started chatting with her. Uh, she goes, you need to check out jaysays.com, and she was on your show. And um, so that's when I kind of started following and, and became acquainted with your site. Um, and, you know, in in listening to some of your past episodes. Uh, recently I listened to your episode, uh, of your coming out story, which you recorded uh, a few months ago with a friend of yours. Um, and, and like you, uh, the reason I started Nathan out loud was to share stories and to kind of, you know, 
broaden their the reach of of our stories and uh you know introduce new people to uh you know others in the gay community and a way for people to come together and and hear what we're each dealing with so listening to your story i there were some parallels just because of the i grew up in utah um and you grew up in the south so that religious aspect is definitely definitely there um and, you know, you made an, a point that I hadn't ever thought about. I think we just get so wrapped up in our lives that, um, you know, something that was kind of concerned you when you first came out, especially to your mom, was the fact that she was going to need to come out as a, you know, as a parent of a gay person. It, tell us a little bit about that experience. Well... If I can backtrack a little on that, I actually also, I interviewed a mother of a young man who had recently come out of the closet. That's Becky's story on Closet Talk about a parent's coming out and what she experienced. And oddly enough, I haven't had a lot of conversations with my own mother about her experiences. Uh, we've talked a little bit about it. And, but Becky was in more of a unique situation. She was involved in a very conservative church, as was her son and found a lot of problems arise as soon as her son came out because he came out, as many of us do, with a vengeance, mm -hmm. uh, stormed out the door and said, I'm never going back in there again. <laughs> and, rather, and he is no longer attending the church, but she still does, which is you know, wonderful that she can still find some sort of community there and some sort of support, but there's not a lot for her own son. With my mother, the conversations have been pretty limited about, you know, she'll say, oh, so-and-so didn't want to talk to me anymore as a parent of a gay person. And, and it, that wasn't that many years ago that she made that announcement to me, and it kind of startled me because I hadn't considered, you know, what would happen to those in my family until that point. Um, my, I have two older brothers. Uh, rather unique family structure. My oldest brother is kind of your very hyper-masculine biker type, and mm -hmm. the middle brother is the redneck type. And mm -hmm. then there is me, the queer type. And <laughs> so, so we've always had a, a rather unique perspective on everything in my family when we sit down at the table, you know. And, and my mother experienced a lot more, I think, because of her generation is generally speaking, a lot more agitated by the idea of homosexuality and gay people and transgendered people. They just can't tolerate it. It's not something they ever heard of in the media growing up. It was very taboo. So I think that's why she probably experienced so many difficulties with losing friends and even, you know, difficulties with family members and dealing with family members over the issue. Yeah, it's, it, you know, and, Really, when I heard your uh, your story and you you know bring that point up, it was honestly the first time I had you know really had that thought. You know, I mean, I think that I had considered that you know she had told friends or you know things like that, but I didn't really consider how it would affect her or her relationship with other people. Um, and you know, so I appreciate that part. You know, you sharing your story and you know sharing that insight. So. Um, you have had, how many episodes are you up to now? You, you mentioned you started in May, so you do it. It's a weekly show, right? 
It is a weekly show. Um, I, I, I really have to estimate that I've had about 20 to 25 shows. I don't okay. go back and count them, but um, that would be my guess, basically about four shows per month. Yeah, and do you record them live? You're on a on a podcast network, right? I am. I use blogtalkradio.com, um, and the shows are live. They do stream live, and they're archived thereafter, so people can go back and listen to the archived episodes, too. Uh, one thing I like about doing the live show is people can go into the chat rooms and ask questions. I stopped taking callers during live shows after a a uh, rather unfortunate pervert call during one because I don't have a method of screening them. Mm-hmm. I'd love to be able to take callers and questions for these yeah. people as well, help make sure I don't miss something someone might be considering. But it's, you know, one bad seed kind of ruins it for everyone. I would hate for that to happen. Yeah, unfor- Again. <laughs> yeah unfortunately, that's true. Um, and so on your, on your blog, you talk about... Um, you know, not only gay issues and politics and things like that, you also talk about, uh, there are entries about your relationship. You've been in it with your partner for what, 12 years now, and he contributes to the, the blog as well. Uh, we've been together nearly 12 years. Uh, he does contribute some to the blog. He doesn't have a lot of stories on there. He was doing his own site, Christopher says dot com for a little while. Mm-hmm. He's kind of backed off on the writing, but he certainly is my primary source for what do you think about this? Am I completely off basis? And <laughs> have I missed something? And generally that re- that winds up with us disagreeing with each other on the topics, but <laughs> figure kind of, it out if you get yeah. something up. Kind of how that works. Uh, so, you know, something that I want to talk about, I mean, just the way we were introduced, um, you know, on, on Twitter and, you know, kind of being able to, to get an idea for the work that you're doing. Um, I, social media is really playing an important role in not only, you know, meeting new people and networking and, and, you know, hearing stories from across the country and really around the world, but also, you know, a way for us to organize and really come together and and make a difference and make positive changes. Uh, How do you see that playing a role, you know, as we enter 2010 elections and, and going forward from there? I, I think as far as going forward, right, we're just going to see more and more social media activism. Um, with the upcoming elections, one of my big intents is to stop the election of Kay Bailey Hutchinson as Texas governor. Mm-hmm. She's in front, and she has a very poor record of civil rights issues, not just LGBT issues, but women's issues and race issues as well. She's... Um, I'm hoping to be able to use social media to help spread that word so people can become educated about her. It's not about attacking her character. I'm sure she's a wonderful person in her day-to-day life, but she's not helping our country, and she won't help this state. We're mm-hmm. higher situation here, and uh, with our current governor speaking of succession and rallies about succeeding from the United States happening, mm-hmm. you know, that's an issue that should affect everybody in this country. Um, but particularly, you know, and it does relate also to LGBT people because this is a conservative state. Mm-hmm. This is a 
or state um, when it comes to legislation. We have one of the ugliest marriage amendments in our Constitution that was passed by almost three-quarters of the voters, stating that not only can same-sex marriage be banned constitutionally, but anything similar to it, and it mm-hmm. does not describe similar to, which is left to the legislature, which essentially means any sort of contractual relationship between a same-sex couple could be challenged in court and could successfully be challenged in court based upon being unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. And and so that's a great fear of mine, you know. And and I'm sorry, I kind of get off topic with the social media, but um, I've we've seen it used so successfully already. What happened uh, for the Prop 8 rallies, for example, when Join the Impacts Wiki launched, mm-hmm. social media exploded with information about local organizations holding rallies. It's connected me personally with not only you, but also Jane Wishon. I, I came in contact with her through... Uh, join the Impact's website. Twitter has connected me with dozens of interesting people who have helped educate me because we can't possibly know it all. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think that's what we're going to use it for. We're going to continue using it to organize rallies, to organize drives, to push legislation that needs to happen, like uh, ENDA, which is may very well be coming up for a vote soon if we can get enough support. Mm-hmm. And we're going to continue to educate ourselves using it. Uh, people are going to continue to say, this is what's happening in my locale. This is what we need help with in this area of the country. You know, it's all wonderful that Maine and uh, Massachusetts and Vermont and other states have same-sex marriage rights. Uh, they're not recognized on the federal level, but they have them. But there are states like Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, the very red states, where... The idea of that, of same-sex marriage, it's going to have to be forced on us. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen at the federal level. It's not going to happen on the state level for years and years to come. So if we want to see it in our lifetime, we need to know what's happening. And social media is allowing us to learn. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I mean, especially coming up with this 2009 election um, in in Maine, uh, where there's the challenge to the bill that was passed legalizing same-sex marriage, and in Washington, where they're, uh, you know, a, a religious organization is trying to challenge the domestic partnership laws, which basically, you know, give everything but marriage in name, you know, on a state level, um I think social media is going to play an incredible role in those, uh, you know, in terms of people being able to participate from across the country in really impacting those elections, I think is going to be very important. And you mentioned the end uh, legislation on a national level. Uh, you know, we've been lucky to pass hate crimes and hopefully the president will be able to sign that soon. Um you know, in terms of organizing with, you know, the National March coming up, what is, what's your take on the National March? I am a huge supporter of the National March. Um, and that goes back to what I was discussing earlier about some of these states that are going to have to be forced into recognizing any protections for LGBT people. Um, Texas has a very generalized hate crime sort of legislation that just says any crime motivated by bias or prejudice um, is amplified to the next higher criminal level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we're lucky in that aspect. But we don't have a lot of state help. Uh, mm-hmm. Major cities, some of some of the major cities have non-discrimination housing or 
non-discrimination in places of uh, public places, but, you know, the, the, the rural, more rural areas like where I live, we're just not going to see change until there's a federal level. The march is so important to inspire people, and people keep saying things about legislation won't be in session until Tuesday, uh, the timing's off, we're in an economic recession, and I recognize all those problems, and and I agree, those are problems with the march, but we have to get behind it because we don't want to lose our momentum. Right now, our most valuable resource in this push towards civil equality are people that are interested. It's, we're finally joining together to some degree. There's some disagreement, but we're finally starting to be motivated. And like I mentioned earlier, I was one of those people that, said, where did I go wrong? And then the next question I ask myself is, what do I do about it? Mm-hmm. We need to have some sort of guidance from national leaders who know what they're doing. You know, Cleve Jones has been an activist for decades. We need to hear him. We need to understand what sort of things we're dealing with. We've got to inspire people to make a difference. We've got to inspire people to go knocking on their neighbor's doors and say, hey, I need your help. I need you to make me not a second-class citizen. Mm-hmm. And I those of us particularly in more conservative environments, we need a national march. Now, I totally think we should do the national march on somewhere like Jonesboro, Arkansas, or (laughs) other than here we go to D.C., but when we go, and I'm going, I am determined to go, (laughs) and I'm going to be walking down that street with hopefully thousands upon thousands of other people, Mm -hmm. and I'm hoping for myself and for everybody there that we look into each other's faces and we say, you know, we may be all different classes, all different uh, professions, all different religions, but we have a goal, and that's to be treated with dignity, respect, and equality. And we can look over all those differences and do this and just find some inspiration, find a little gratification in ourselves and feel united. Yep. That's going to be so important for us. I... I... I agree. Uh, and I think that it will, you know, I, I heard somebody else talking about it, um, in, in a way that not only will it inspire us and bring us together, but it will allow us to come together and, you know, meet people from across the country and, you know, network and be resources for everybody, you know, because each area across the country has a different challenge, um, you know, all different levels of, laws and recognitions and everything like that. So, you know, a challenge for me here in Arizona may not be the same challenge that you're facing in Texas. And, you know, so to have that kind of joint, you know, resource that we could, you know, take, take, uh, take back home with us to, to get work done, I think is incredibly important. So, um, I'll be there. Um, and I, I really think that it is going to be, like you said, motivational. And, and I, I really think that the community needs a shot in the arm. Um, I think that with a lot of losses, you know, up until the last, within the, you know, up until about a year ago when we started seeing recognitions uh, outside of Massachusetts, um, we had, you know, how many, gay, you know, anti-marriage amendments that passed and it was, it just got to be very discouraging. So to see that kind of tipping more in our favor, I think is, is important and a a critical time for us to come together to maintain that momentum. So, um, 
So I look forward to seeing you in D.C. <laughs> Actually, you know, once I get everything confirmed that I'm going to be there, I'm hoping to set up a group that are the LGBT podcasters and bloggers, and perhaps we can all march together. You know, I would really love to see that happen. That would be great. Um, so hope I'll keep you in touch on that. <laughs> I, I would appreciate that. Very good. Well, you know, Jay, I, I really appreciate your time. Um, I, I would like to, you know, maybe in DC, all of us can get together and, and record a show or something because I think that it's important that we all bounce ideas off each other and, you know, just have that open dialogue so that people across the country feel comfortable approaching people outside their area, you know, and to, to try and find solutions for the daily challenges that we meet in terms of, you know, equality and, and, you know, making changes, uh, for the positive. So I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me this afternoon. It's my pleasure, Nathan. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Thanks again. And again, it's jsays.com, uh, and you can find Closet Talk on iTunes or, um, again, remind me of the, uh, website that you broadcast on live. It's blogtalkradio.com slash jsays. Very good. Well, thanks again. We will see you in DC and look forward to meeting you there and have a great afternoon. Messages of equality, unity, freedom, and a pro-peace approach to thinking are evident themes of Mark Pedraza's music. He combines thought-provoking lyrics with a unique blend of reggae, dub, and soul to create a unique style all his own. Born in the suburbs of Phoenix, Mark traces his first interest in music to childhood memories of listening to his father play piano. After noticing his natural inclination toward music, his parents enrolled him in piano lessons at the age of six. As a teen, he took up the guitar and, with the help of two friends, formed a band called Euphoric Blue. The band performed at house parties, bars, and small clubs throughout their hometown for the next six years. While studying music theory at Mesa Community College, Mark was accepted into the Selective Music Industry Program at the University of Southern California in Los Angeles. During his three semesters at USC, Mark took classes in concert promotion and production, music supervision for film and television, music business, recording arts and sciences, music history, and entertainment law. Empowered by his education, Mark returned home and co-founded his record company, Independent Freedom Tribe, with a longtime friend, Abby Herzl. Throughout the summer of 2003, they worked together to create a platform for talented artists to freely express their unique thoughts and opinions. Learn more about Mark at www.independentfreedomtribe.com or myspace.com slash markpedraza. Here is Mark Pedraza with No More, No Less on Nathan Out Loud.
to walk into a courthouse and marry their love. I said we're all people, I'm free. To walk into a courthouse and marry their love. No, 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 no,
Welcome back to Nathan Out Loud. I'm your host, Nathan Trainer. This November, the people of Maine and Washington will vote on two ballot measures of significant importance, not only to the LGBT community, but to everyone who believes in fairness and equality. It is incredibly important that each of us do our part to ensure that come November 3rd, the right to marriage equality in Maine is protected, and that loving couples in Washington have the right to enjoy the same benefits and recognitions offered by the state to married couples. Even if you are not able to travel to either of these states to volunteer, there are plenty of opportunities to get involved from wherever you may be. For more information on how you can help, visit NathanOutloud.com, where I have posted links to Maine Freedom to Marry and the Yes on Referendum 71 campaigns. We also have the opportunity to come together as a community and let our elected officials know that we are no longer going to accept excuses for our rights being put on hold. On October 11th in Washington, D.C., the National Equality March will take place. This is our chance to send a clear message. Please do whatever you can to be in Washington as we send this message as members and allies of the LGBT community. You can find links and details for all of the events around the National Equality March on NathanOutloud.com. Well, that does it for this episode of Nathan Out Loud. As always, thank you, Patrick, for putting the pieces together. Also, thank you, Jay Morris, for taking the time to speak with me, and Mark Pedraza for providing this week's song. For more information and for links to everything we've talked about on this episode, visit NathanOutloud.com. I would love to hear your thoughts, comments, suggestions, and stories, so please email me at comments at NathanOutloud.com. Thanks again for listening to Nathan Out Loud, and until next time, come out. Be out, live out loud.